What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, the host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show, our friend from Remax Results and the Red Hot Real Estate Group, Miss Mimi Shoneman. Hello. Good morning, Miss Shannon. I'm so happy to see you. Also, always very happy to see my friend Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. Hello, Phil. Good morning, guys. So we need to hit this button. Good, good morning, guys. And let's get your NMLS number out of the way, please, Phil. NMLS 238103, company NMLS 8030095, cross-country mortgage. So what's going on out there in our Twin Cities state of the real estate market? <sighs> a big sigh. Yes. Does that mean because a lot is going on? Well, you know, it's it's the same story, different day. Okay. Um, we we just need more product. We mm. just need more inventory. We just need people to move, and we need people to let our buyers buy their houses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How about that? Well, I mean, what part of the reason? Like, how do we help? And we're going to cover some of this today. Is how do we help people feel confident that now is the time for them to be able to have that movement? Is it that things are so tight that people are just leery to make that jump in comparison to what they had done before? Well, you know, Phil, I'd like to hear your opinion about that from the mortgage side. Uh, I I actually think that we, we are starting to see a little bit of a slowdown mm-hmm. out there. I think we're starting to see some properties that are starting to stay on the market a little bit longer. But I, I do think we've got some, some forces out there that are causing people to maybe take pause. Right. You know, um, one of those might be, well, I'm at 2.5% right now on my 30-year fix. Mm-hmm. And why would I want to sell my house and take an interest rate of 4.75%? You know, but, but here, here's what I have seen in the last just two weeks. I've had two clients call me, and they're concerned about gasoline prices. Okay. And yeah. they're going, hey, we, we're we commuting now an hour, and oh, by the way, we were paying $2.30 a gallon for, for fuel, and now we're paying what we're Almost paying four. now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and guess what? We need to move closer to work. So does- Which is interesting because a lot of the conversation we we're having last year where people were going, well, I'm still working from home. I can live anywhere. So people were comfortable moving out. And now we're like, well, maybe I need to move back in. Yep. And that's why I'm so glad that we do the show on a regular basis because things, surprise- change. things change and they change. Not overnight, but they do seem to ebb and flow over, like, uh, there's a reason why Mimi does her guides on a quarterly basis, is that Mm -hmm. things do shift enough sometimes over three to four months that we're like, oh, we're having a different conversation now. Well, so it, it changes because we're human. Yes. And because... Our lives ebb and flow. We don't stay the same. We're always evolving. And our and things happen in our lives that will go, well, that wasn't really what I was expecting. Absolutely. And so now I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for instance, uh, somebody get, getting pregnant. Yes. And, you know, that changes your life right. immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's I, I, I honestly you and I've talked to you both about this. My kid went through a growth spurt. And I'm like, oh, wait, we're running out of room. You know, right. like it never had occurred to me because he was cute and tiny. Right. Now he's grown. But, I'm like, well, this, how is this going to happen? But look, think about back when, you know, you were just you 
and then all of a sudden you were you and he mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff that uh, that you accumulate for one extra person yes. that has to go someplace right right and so i always like to talk to people about planning for their 5 7 and i, I guess maybe even 10 year plan because why would you do something based on your one year plan when you could do it for your 10 year plan right. and then save money like for instance if you know with more more certainty than not that you're going to outgrow where you're currently looking. So let's just say that you decided you wanted to get your first starter home. Yes. And you're like, well, this is my budget for my starter home. I qualify for a lot more, but this is my comfort zone because I've always been a renter. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to buy something because I'm used to what renting feels like. Right. But in 10 years, is that going to be... Is that going to be a good move or not a good move? So are you spending money twice sometimes then? Is that what you mean? Are you going to have to turn around in two years and sell and buy again? Okay. When you could have just done it one time if you had planned properly. Fair enough. Well, I mean, this this goes to one of my stats that I brought in. One of the top-sided reasons for buying a home is that rents are rising. Fixed mortgage is essentially a rent control for a household. Fair enough. Meaning... You're, you're, you're fixed. Your payment is fixed. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Rents year over year, the last two years have gone up 16% both years for a total of 32% okay. nationwide. Now, one of the, one of the things, the fears that people have is they're going, well, rates are going up. And, and here's my comeback. My comeback is folks, you work with me. We're going to put together a mortgage based on budget. Right. All right. So if the mortgage payment I put together for you is affordable, it doesn't make a difference if your interest rate was 10%. Mm-hmm. With the same understanding, I will, I'll bet you all right now here in the studio that within three to four years, we're going to see another mortgage refinance boom. Right. And interest rates are going to go from the fives back down to the fours or the threes. And it's at that point in time, we can make that mortgage more affordable. Right. Okay. And, and if we take a look at statistics over the last four elections, mm-hmm. we're talking presidential elections, every one of those elections, interest mortgage interest rates dropped. Okay. Why do you think that happened? Mm, fear. Unknown. I was going to say, I was like, I would say the uncertainty up to them. And then once we settle in, then we go, all right, here's where we are. How about making the current, that current administration look, look better? better? Okay. <laughs> so whoever huh? it is, we want to look better. Fair enough. That okay. absolutely makes sense. Whatever reason, if it goes down, we're all happy. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know what sense. the reason is, but mm-hmm. in the four last presidential elections, mortgage interest rates dropped. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is, which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all right. let's talk about something you and I were talking about before we came in here. And, and that is, um, we're seeing some properties sit on the market a little longer. Um, I find that to be so fascinating, honestly, because it really just, uh, you know, you'll take one property. It doesn't really even matter where it is. And then it'll be on for like a minute and with multiple offers. And then all of a sudden you see a house that's in a good location and mm-hmm. that appears to be priced well, but and good traffic during the during the showings. But but it just sits there for a little bit longer than a minute. 
And so then you say to yourself, hmm, should I see that house? Should I not see that house? What are they seeing that I haven't seen? And, you know, must be something because, you know, it's just that thing in your mind. You're programmed to say, well, I'm prepared for it to be madness. Right. And when it doesn't happen, what is it about it that that causes that? Is it worth saying that it wasn't? I mean, one of the things that you both mentioned is that we'll say over the last not quite two years because time flies that the market was much more tense and crowded than it had been in years. Both of you had said like normally it wasn't such a frenzy. Have we just trained ourselves that we expect a frenzy? So when we don't have a frenzy, we're like something must be wrong when really this is starting to normalize what the process for buying a home was before. Well, I think you could say it could be a couple of things, Mm -hmm. right? So when people go in the house they're looking for open most of the time. That's what I'm hearing people say. I'm not hearing them say we like compartmentalized rooms, although um, that also has changed a little bit since the pandemic happened because you did need compartmentalized rooms. You right. didn't want to hear so and so over there on their webinar. Yeah, you wanted them to have a door that you could close so that you could hear yourself think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got several people doing webinars, and you're if you're all in the same open space, then that makes you go crazy. Right. Um. So dated. Let's just talk about dated. Mm-hmm. Really, is that? You know, so when, is that even a thing? Anymore? When I was buying my first house, it was like I don't know. I don't even think I thought about it. Mm-mm. You know, I I knew that whatever was there, as long as it was good structure and the location that I wanted, I could change just about anything, right? Um, I think dated comes and goes based yeah. on the market. If you have a plethora of homes on the market and you have fewer buyers, the fewer buyers that that are out there, they're going to flock to the house that that looks prettier. Right. Okay. Uh, But another thing that we're seeing, though, is we're starting to see some of the big major corporations pulling back their employees from home. And they want mm-hmm. them, and you can read the articles yeah. that they're they're pulling people back from home and saying, "No, we want you in the office." Right. And I don't understand that, to be honest with you. I really don't. Um, obviously, people were able to perform even under duress on a on the fly to be able to do that. So, what do you, what do you guys think is the reason that people want want to pull their people back into the office? Well, I think that one, we have these giant. Uh, they spent a lot of time creating an office environment that they now need to maintain. So they might as well put you back in there. But their methodology, I think, also is you can more control the way that your 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 work is being done if the employees are in a particular setting. I agree. And so even though it may not have impacted the overall performance, it's about controlling the climate and the structure. And so they're like, so get back in the building. Well, I, I mm-hmm. actually think there's also maybe some, the word cohesion yes. is coming back into mm-hmm. play where the, the the CEOs, CFOs feel that bringing the people back in and seeing face-to-face and working face-to-face is is maybe more productive than yeah. doing a Zoom call. Because I tell you what, I'm, I'm so tired of Zoom calls, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do them and I participate, but I it, it's fun being with your coworkers. And it does. I mean, if we're looking at overall productivity, yeah, you might get more work done, but it might not be the most efficient way to get the work done. And it might not be the most 
there is a variety of of that connectedness that I think some businesses benefit from. Well, mm-hmm. it's so just that like, does make a difference. It's just too. like you mm-hmm. as an actor, mm-hmm. right? So you've got a crowd. Yes, that's in front of you. It's you much easier emotionally, you, you know, to be that. able to yeah, and and you can pivot and you can you can change your the 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 way that you are communicating based upon body language. Between that, it's also easier to keep people engaged. Mm-hmm. When you can see them and you get you look at them right face to face, you you are probably going to get more engagement than you get. Although you know when people are in all their different environments, so that's the main difference as but well. What about morale? Okay, lots of those things. So you know, I think that morale it's a variety. It depends on the person, the people's personality. So I always want to encourage people to be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. We do need to go to break, but when we come back, we want to go to Chris. Chris, we have we'd love to have you be part of the show. So hopefully, be patient with us. You'll be the first thing we talk to when we get back. For everyone else out there, please be part of the show as well. The number is six five one six four one one zero seven one. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results. Also joining us from Cross Country Mortgage, the indomitable Phil Olson is with us wow, as well. Wow, that's you, a big word. <laughs> Love you can it. be part of the show. Call us at 651-641-1071. Just like Chris. Chris, thank you for your patience. Do you have some uh, comments regarding what you consider scam brokers? Uh, what do you mean by that, Chris? Um, hello. Hi. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> Yes, no, we're not going to get into it, but here's here's my quick little PSA. Um, first of all, my niece is a an executive in a large local, not going to name any names type business, but the reason they are bringing people in the office, just as an aside, is because people were working extra jobs like Shift and DoorDash when they were supposed to be doing their job or watching their grandchildren, you know, they ruined it. it some people ruined it for everybody, and that's why they have to bring them back in. So there's that, too. Anyway, so yep. I wanted to just give you the opportunity, because I know it doesn't sound genuine coming from you because it's your job, but um, these online broker firms that are advertising on TV, like the Rocket Mortgages, and I had never heard of this till Thursday, Mr. Cooper um, I have a good friend who is supposed to close on a home, new build. We're not going to get into that at all uh, next Friday. And pretty much has been told it's not going to happen. Now, again, we're not going to give the details, but it at first looked like it was the mortgage. It's just some random person updated them the week before that, hey, your, your yard's not in yet, so we can't do an appraisal. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, that's, I'm, I know that's not right. Um, I mean, long story short, and I just spoke with Phil, and this is my big endorsement. He's not working with me right now on a mortgage, not yet, but he took my phone call. He gave me his input. He said he'd help these poor people out if they need to jump ship, and that's huge. They don't have an advocate on the mortgage side at all. Right. And they're, they're talking to some dude on the phone in out east. Right. It's, it's not happening. It's well, not going. They might lose this house. Well, thank you. And we understand what you're saying. And, 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 I, and I understand what you're saying. And I won't necessarily call them scam brokers. I understand why you would use that terminology, but Chris. But what we have mentioned before is that there's a difference between having an advocate that's local, that you can talk to, that they're an actual person like Phil that will advocate for you versus what we've said before. With those companies, it really does require you to have everything lined up just to fit their particular 
regular online program versus someone like Phil that's going to sit there and work with all of the pieces. So thank you for sharing that story, Chris. Yeah. We appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, Chris. So, yeah. appreciate it. Thanks. And so that is like the difference, you know, when we do go, well, if you have, you know, if you fit this particular mold and this methodology and this cookie cutter thing, it may work for you. It's well, just yeah, highly it likely. Might, it, might it might work. It's just highly likely that you may not be that you person. You know, this is why that there's different stores. Yes. You know, yes. because not every store appeals to everybody. Right. Okay. Um, so, I will say um, it's been my experience that as a realtor, if I have a client that tells me that they're approved with a company that is not local, that I can't actually drive and get to their office, then I have cause for pause. Right. Because I know how our world is. We we work, you know, when we have to work, we don't have set hours, unfortunately, um, if, if you said, you know, I need to go see a house at, fi- you know, 530 on a Friday and I said, oh, sorry, I don't take calls to after 501. Right. Well, there are certain companies that that's how they that's their bank. When, when you say bankers hours, that's they what still they do. That. Right. You know, yeah. five, 501. There's nobody answering the phone. This this last week. I literally took a call at 1030 at night. Mm-hmm. I was still up. Yeah. I was watching the news. The client called me. It wasn't my talker, by the way. Uh-huh. And and they called me and they go, oh, my God, you're picking up. I was just going to leave, leave a, message. a message. right? And I go, so what's wrong? She <laughs> goes, she goes, I'm worried. Yes. I go, what you worried about? And we chit-chatted for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I can't tell you the number of times clients call me and they go, oh, my God, it's actually you. Right. I, I pick up my phone religiously, guys. Mm-hmm. And then you've said that before, Mimi, as well, that people are like, oh, wait, you're the lady on the radio. I didn't expect you to be the person that actually was feeling the call when it is and and i love that you did that and we can't say we always do that and i'm not saying that they can blow you up in the middle of the night but yes being able to get that peace of mind because you know that the person is actually familiar with you you're not going to go well i call this number i go into a bank of of phones and who's going to suggest end up talking to me okay so let's just let's just pick apart another thing that chris said that Mm -hmm. that stuck out to me yes is that the deal was going to blow up and right. she didn't have anybody that they could reach. Right. Okay. So let's talk about that. So let's talk about a couple of things that just pop into your mind about what causes a deal to blow up at the very last part of the whole thing. Uh, first off, a deal should never, ever blow up in the very end. Right. All right. What that tells me is Whoever issued the pre-approval did not do their due diligence. They didn't do their due diligence on the property. They didn't see as a mortgage guy. I look at your property. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at what the value is. I'm looking at all the pictures online. Oh, there's been times where I've called Mimi and I go, Mimi, have you seen this picture all right. And we look at it and we go, oh, my God, there's yeah. peeling paint. That's going to be a problem. OK, right. mm-hmm. I mean, I mm-hmm. mean, I look at everything. My staff looks at everything up front. We fast track our files so we get our loans approved so that they're approved up front to where we're subject to title and appraisal. Right. And guess what? Title will get in about 10 days. Mm-hmm. Appraisal will get in about two weeks. 
all right, depending on the location and depending on the type of property it is. Now, if it's a if it's a $1.5 million home, we might need two appraisals. And oh, right. by the way, that might take a month to get back. Fair enough. But it really comes down to no loan should be denied three days prior to closing. And if it does, I will tell you the mortgage lender didn't do their job. Your mortgage loan officer didn't do their job. And I'm sorry to say your real estate agent didn't do their job. Oh, maybe. <laughs> it, it, it goes into one of those okay. three categories. Right. Okay. I can think mm-hmm. of an example. Okay. I can think of an example where that would have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you first pulled credit and student loans didn't show up or forbearance. And then right when you do the last minute pull, things showed up. I would agree with you 100% in that specific scenario, but you're talking about a one-off right now. I am talking mm-hmm. about a one-off, but it, it can happen where sure. it's nobody's it, fault. Okay. So what I'll tell you going back, 99% of the time, this should have been figured out up front, all right? right. And also, you know, in this situation, I know more about Chris's situation. It really comes down to there was stuff in the contract that was not understood fair enough and or was not read by the lender all right but i'm not going to go into that mm-hmm. all right but there was things that could have been done that should have been done up front that my shop the olson team we would have uncovered done. we would have mm-hmm. uncovered can you give us such as a such as mm-hmm. okay such as I hear the words clients calling me and they say, hey, we're going to buy this property. And oh, by the way, it's in a trust. Mm, All right. Automatically, I think of the words trust. Has it cleared probate? Is there issues? I'm calling the title company. I'm having I'm running to see. Do we have a first, second, or third mortgage? Mm -hmm. Is there maybe a modification that was done on the property? I mean, sometimes these properties where a client dies, they just want to get rid of. Right. But guess what? There's things that maybe that should have been covered that weren't covered. Right. Okay. So when we come back, we'll keep talking about uh, ways to save money on real estate and mortgage. You can also be part of the show. Call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on MyTalk 1071, also available at MyTalk1071.com. We always appreciate you being on part of the show. You can call us at 651-641-1071. We know that our producer, Sonny, is over there feverishly getting her fingers on the, the, the phone, so don't worry. Just be patient with us, everybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sonny. She's just got... She's, she's busy. She's she busy over busy, there. Busy, oh, busy, busy. Very busy. Yeah. Okay. But she hasn't sang for us yet today. Well, ah. there's always time. There's exactly. always time. She's got yeah. that beautiful voice. Absolutely. Yeah, she Absolutely. She does. Okay. Um, real estate. I have seen people going so far out, and then now we're seeing people that Coming went out want to come back in. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me. Honestly, that's what keeps this this job interesting, because... You know, what was good for me yesterday is not necessarily good for me today. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Just fascinating. Yeah. Okay, Phil, give us a story. Mm -hmm. Give you a story. Got a great story. I had a client that applied for a conventional loan. Credit score was a 667. Okay. And yes, with a 667, I can go all the way down to a 620, even down to a 580 on a conventional. Right. But we need to understand the interest rate is much, much higher with a 667 than if you're over 740. Right. So I did a credit analysis. I went to the bureaus, did a 
complete credit breakdown for the client. Told the client that I want you to do these two things. Right. Uh, the client did them immediately. The report I pulled said said their score would go up to 720. Mm-hmm. I submitted everything, did one-liner updates, and did a completely rapid rescore for the client. Right. Got that all back in eight days. Guess what their new credit score is? 720. Wow. And guess okay. what? Here's the big thing. Saves them $250 a month mm-hmm. in rate mortgage insurance and homeowner's insurance. Right. Have you ever seen him look so excited? I know. He's like, right. look how much money he's I like, saved you. Right. Exactly. Where's the commercial yeah. that does that? So, <laughs> right. I mean, there's there's so many ways. Our, our Kind of our subject today is how do you save money in a mortgage? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've got, I've got basically 12 items here. Okay. And so, let me, before you get into it, part of the reason why we're doing that again is reminding people that the panic that you have about, oh, the rates are going up, I miss my opportunity, all of those things, that's not necessarily the case because Phil is going to figure out a way to overall make sure that your payment is one that you're going to be able to do. And then we'll worry about the next step, the next step. Like, because if Phil needs to work with you when they're ready, they're ready, right? I've worked with clients up to two years. Right. And that's some, sometimes you just have to put a lot of different pieces together in your puzzle to get to what you want so you don't have to you know don't go oh i shouldn't even try because i can't do it next tuesday so i'm not going to bother to work on the process believe it or not the worst buyer i always get and i still love them Mm -hmm. all right but the worst buyer is the buyer that wasn't planning on buying yes and they see that house and then they call me and they go phil i need you to get me pre-approved today i found the beautiful house (laughs) and we're going to write an offer on it today and guess what? No planning was done. Right. That, I mean, that's listen. That happens all the time. And I tell people, do not look. Do not. Don't don't look. Don't, don't look. Because you know, if, if you're looking, you will find it. If I go into a store and there's a sale, I'm gonna see something. Right. Make sure, but you need to make sure you have room oh. on your card. So <laughs> um, we always appreciate it. So Phil, we're gonna get to that real quick. I do appreciate that. But we also appreciate everybody calling. So uh, Robert, thank you very much for calling into six five one six four one one zero seven one. We did do part of this this morning. We were talking about you helping people know when's the right time to refinance, and I believe that's part of your question. Correct, Robert. Yes, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. My husband and I bought our house a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and now uh, I turned 40 this year, and my husband turns up. We're talking about at what point do we refinance mm-hmm. to make sure that by the time our house is paid off, it's not at the same time we're retiring. Right. But uh, you've yeah. also talked about what does our retirement look like in our home, and do we want to go by that lake cabin up north so that we could retire to the lake like everybody else? Okay, well, that's kind of a two-fold like question yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Well, so, Robert, thank you for the call. Right. Um, we don't know how old you want to be when you retire, but mm-hmm. it's good for you to be doing all this stuff while you're still working and mm-hmm. while you still have your mortgage because your appreciation in your home is, you know, we've talked about it. That's a, a really good resource to be able to tap into. And, Phil, as far as quality, Qualifying somebody for a second home while they're still working. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I think this is a twofold question. One is, is you're wanting to maybe pay off your house and maybe go to a 15-year fixed rate mortgage. All right. But when you do that, understand your payment's going to go up. And by you getting into a 15-year fixed, 
it might impact your ability to purchase that second home. Okay. So with a client like this, since we've got two different things or two different aspirations, this is a great client for me to work with. Sit down, get the application, look at the numbers, and do some planning because... Which one should come first? Which one should come first? Mm -hmm. Can they be done simultaneously? Mm -hmm. And if we're going to do them simultaneously, what is the impact... And here's the big word, debt to income ratio. Fair enough. All right. Because we could literally have this client refinance to a 15 to find out that they don't have enough now discretionary income to be able to qualify for the second home. Because the payment went up on a 15. Correct. Yes. And so that changed the debt to income. Correct. Okay. So, So, Robert. I I work two loans simultaneously in this situation. I work up the debt repayment on the primary residence, and then I work up a plausible scenario for the second home and see if we can merge them because I have to basically make both of these loans work together. So in the meantime, would Robert then be working with Mimi to say, here's the type of property that we want to look, or do you give Mimi a number for Robert? So so, Robert, am I helping you or I'm making it more complicated? No, absolutely. That's great because part of it is that because we're still in our 40s, we know that we'll be here for at least the next 20 years. Okay. Okay. And because of our age gap, we thought about like, oh, if we buy, like, let's say just a plot of land, for twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a lake somewhere in Brainerd. Oh, good luck don't on that one. <laughs> I don't know where you find a years. twenty thousand no. dollar lake lot on yeah, Brainerd. But that's called fairy yeah. dust right there. <laughs> but <laughs> what you could do, like, what about this? Because we talked about this before. So, Robert, how does this sound? What if Phil and Mimi could help you find a uh, a, a property that? eventually will be your retirement property but is that something that they can vrbo or they can airbnb it for part of the time sure or how does can. that work it depends on whether there's any any uh what? Why well, if I... you got an association, yes. okay. HOA, mm-hmm. all right, we'd want to make sure that the HOA allow, okay. allows that. Okay. But, I mean, on a second home, we've talked about that in previous shows. Right. You could Airbnb this property 49% of the year. Right. Okay, without breaking the rules mm-hmm. of a second home. And then you'd still mortgage. have it available for when you're prepared to have it be your forever home, Robert. And you'd want a vacation in your own vacation home exactly. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Just see if you like it yes because you don't want to buy the home yeah, and then absolutely. now i moved up here and now i'm like now nah, i live up here and i don't even like this lake <laughs> so, yeah now i want to buy the giant rv and move to south exactly you right you're like we're just gonna go on the road we're a nomad land this so who knows robert so that gives you options right yes. robert this is a great scenario i love working with clients yes. with this because it allows me to expand my horizons and be really thinking outside the box right. for a client like this. This is fun for me. Yeah. Well, so couldn't he just pull some equity out of there and use for his down payment to get started? He could do it today. Sure. Yeah. He can. He could do a bridge loan against the primary, or he could take a home equity, or he can do his refinance, pull cash out, buy the second home. There. There's so many possibilities. I don't here. know, Robert. I think I see a canoe in your future. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun, and I'm glad that you sound so optimistic about this, Robert, because that's a lot of what we want to do is encourage all of our my talkers yes um, we're not saying that everything is a super easy thing but if you work with mimi and phil and you when you they, they can like this should be fun 
It like, is this fun. is supposed to be like you looking for, as you said, aspirations. Right. Like helping people achieve these goals and go, and it should be fun. Not always, oh my gosh, I'm so miserable. And being able to work with a plan and a proper team is what keeps the fun in it instead of, because there's a lot of studies out there to talk about how buying a home is so stressful for people and you guys help take the stress out. I tell you what, you know, Phil and I both see some wins mm-hmm. and that is so unbelievably rewarding right now in this tough market. And, but, but the thing that I think that we both do is that we really talk with our clients about what the realities are and how to plan around what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it does take, it takes a, a village really, right. uh, to make it all work well. Phil? I, I mean, uh, you, you've hit a, another subject for me to really talk about is, you know, working with Mimi and I, it's not just Mimi and I. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got lawyers. Mm-hmm. We've got accountants. We've got CPAs. We've got people in the trades. So working with Mimi and I, it, it, you allow us to bring in our sphere of influence right. to help you. And it's not like you're put off on an island, okay, where... The person you're working with goes, well, you figure it out. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had some of that with our first purchase. And the home that we purchased a year and a half ago here in the west side of St. Paul, we bought right before everything started going through the roof. Mm -hmm. And so now when we see our property taxes valuation and our uh, even like Zillow or whatever, like, oh, this is an estimate for your neighborhood we're still seeing the house has gone up, even though we're talking a hundred year old, three bedroom, one bathroom home covered in lead paint and asbestos. <laughs> it doesn't, right. it doesn't make a difference. Exactly. That wouldn't surprise me. Your property's gone up 25 to 30%. I'm yeah. in the same boat, Robert. I'm like, I'm glad I got in when I got in and worked yeah. with everybody. Cause <laughs> like, yeah, they're getting more money out me, uh, my taxes, but I'm like, there are worse problems to have. But for those that, exactly. don't, mm-hmm. but for those that don't have ownership, right. The longer they're out of the market, the more money they lose. Phil, I, I can't even tell you the number of people who who have said, "I I can't take it. I, yep. I'm just I'm I'm pulling out, man. I'm just I can't do it." I'm like, you know, hang in there. You yes. just hang in there mm-hmm. because we see interest mm-hmm. rates the way they're going and property values seventeen plus percent year over year. It isn't going to get better any time that I can see, and I don't know, Phil. Um, I'm still, I'm still thinking we're at least a year and a half, two, two years before we maybe see not a dramatic change, but we'll see. It'll be different. Okay. It'll be different than where we're at right now. And Robert, I can't wait to uh, follow up with you and Phil and Mimi when you're like, oh, here's what I decided to do. And here's what we did. So when you get to report back. Did we tell you that we all expect invitations to the housewarming parties? Yes. Whatever. Of course. Of course. We'll do something Memorial Day weekend. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Mimi and I will bring great snacks. Uh, It'll be great. I'll bring my boat. Perfect. There we go. And Phil's got a boat. a big bottle of sangria and we'll be set. Well done, Robert. Thank you so much for being being part of the show we'll catch up with you soon so that is fantastic thank you so much you're welcome i'm not really excited on robert's behalf (laughs) right because i know that feeling and so that's fantastic to know we have options to be able to work it out yeah so we're going to go into our next commercial break but when we come back what are we going to cover mimi well we're going to continue to try and cover yes ways to save money on real estate right you can also be part of the show we will always take your call at 651-641-1071 we'll be right back on the red hot real estate show Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071, also available in podcast form. Just go to 
our website, mytalk1071.com. You can find this episode and previous episodes at your leisure. Saving money. Yes. Who doesn't love it? Exactly. Um, and, and we don't see enough of it. No. No. Nope. But there's I'm a many, like many it. different like ways it. to do it yes. in the mortgage world. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, give. Let's just start with one really savvy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, put okay. How about paying down debt at closing versus putting more money down? Okay. Okay. So, client has eight hundred dollars expenses outgoing, mm-hmm. and it's going to take eight hundred dollars a month, and that's seventeen thousand dollars to take care of that debt. Right. But they're going to buy a $300,000 home, and they're going to put 20% down, which is $60,000. Okay. Instead of putting the $60,000 down, we put $40,000 down. If their credit is great, we can go with one-time mortgage insurance. Okay. Which You've is mentioned cheap, that before. Which is cheap. And then we take that 20 that they were going to put into their house, and we pay off their debt. And now we've just freed up $800. All right. Guess what? Their mortgage insurance with a one-time mortgage insurance is gone. Mm-hmm. They get a lower payment other than their payment went up slightly. Right. By twenty by $20,000. That's only $100 a month. Okay. But hold one here. I just wiped out $800 worth of debt. Right. Which So now you're going better. into this house mm-hmm. $700 more liquid right. on a monthly basis. Right. Great scenario there to save a client money. Okay. So let's talk about the appraisal gap that's out there that everybody's you know concerned about and duly, duly so. Um, pretty much, I would say most sellers are expecting some sort of appraisal gap coverage. And what that is, if you don't if you've never heard of it, is when a, an appraisal comes in, if in particular in a multiple offer situation and bids go up and over exponentially over what the list price is, if the list price is listed correctly with supporting comps. So you buy it, you happen to win the bid. Yes. And you know that there are no comps that support the price that you offered. Right. So the difference between what the appraisal comes in at and what you offered is the appraisal gap. Mm-hmm. So you have to plan about how you're going to use your available cash. So your available cash is going to go to your down payment, whatever percent down. It's also going to go into your closing costs and it's going to go towards that right. the appraisal gap. And so keep in mind when you are making your purchase agreement and you're putting down what program you're using and how much you're putting down on your down payment. And let's just say that you don't do a very strong uh, appraisal gap in your contract or maybe you don't do any one at all. They can still come back and say, we want you to put X dollars uh, from your down payment and towards the appraisal gap because you can actually still qualify for conventional financing with as low as 5%, maybe three. Um, so Phil, you know, I know you're talking with your clients about appraisal gaps because this is a real scenario and this is a new ish scenario. Talking about right? it all the time in a, in the last two years, okay. you, you have seen it a lot. I'd never heard of the word in 22 years of doing this until right. the last two years, but right. yes. let me throw a different spin on this. So now that we're talking about an appraisal gap, we can use a bridge loan. Okay. We can use a bridge loan to cover the appraisal gap that, as well. And so. Okay, so that's that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. 
So how does somebody go about setting that up ahead of time so that 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 is in play when you're ready to write your offer? I can do a bridge loan in seven to 10 days. I work up your file as a purchase, whatever the down payment is, whatever the purchase price is, I get you pre-approved. And then I take all your documents. I set up a new loan as a bridge loan and I get your bridge loan approved before you even start going shopping. And we also build in the thought of, okay, if we need additional cash, how much do we need to cover an appraisal gap? Right. And then we build that into the bridge loan. Okay. And so in order to know what they would qualify for a bridge loan, they would have to to provide you with what documentation? Uh, standard, my standard loan documentation. And depends on the amount of equity they have in their home. We'll then determine if we can use what's called an AVM, automatic value Okay. Okay. Where you don't have to have an appraisal or if our loan to value is higher, more than likely we would need an appraisal on that property. So a bridge loan could take longer if we have to get an appraisal on your property. And so, for instance, Ms. Shannon and I are looking and this is a strategy that she's going to implement. Right. Using a bridge loan on her existing property. Yes. And I provide Ms. Shannon with comps on her house. Right. Yep. Would that be acceptable documentation to your underwriters? No, not for the bridge. Okay. But guess what? I can take that CMA Mm -hmm. market analysis and then I now I have a much better idea of what I think the house is going to appraise for. And now I can start running numbers off of the CMA into the bridge loan analysis. So you can tell me before we get to the point where we need that actual appraisal, if we're going to be in the right ballpark. I I just closed a loan where where I worked with the client two months ago, did got their bridge loan 10 days after their initial application. And they just made an offer here. It was like three weeks ago and they already closed on their bridge loan and their money's in their bank account. They're already ready for their closing on their primary residence. Right. And in that scenario, we did use the bridge to get an additional $20,000 because we wrote up the offer with a $20,000 appraisal gap. Right. And guess what? We only needed to use five. Okay. The house appraised for $5,000 less than the property. Perfect. But we had the bridge available. I tell you what, everybody ought to give a high five to our appraisers out there, man. Mm-hmm. They have got a tough job. And oh, it's, yeah. it's heated up. Oh, right. mm-hmm. man. Um, you know, just not enough of them. Mm-hmm. And their job right now is just really challenging to mm-hmm. be able to come up with valuation. Right. Because we're seeing like exponential increases over right. over ask um you know it'd be nice wouldn't it be nice phil <laughs> i'm gonna go into like uh, uh my wizard land if you know a buyer could just buy it for whatever they want and you, you know <laughs> i i think that house is worth a million but the comps only say 400 so if you're a cash buyer you can do that i know all day long. i'm just saying i think <laughs> Sorry. That, i think you should appeal you know your process I, and guess what i will write a letter to the federal government to see if we can get that approved <laughs> let us just pick numbers out of a hat how right? about that yeah okay. roll the dice yes oh it's all right, right. I'm going to give a a word out to my fellow realtors out there. Mm -hmm. Be really careful about the interest rate that you plug into the purchase agreement for your clients. Know that if if somebody is tight on their money Mm -hmm. and and it's going to make a big difference if that interest rate swings a half a point, make sure that you are factoring that in so Mm -hmm. that they understand. Because you could really cause somebody to not qualify for a loan if they really can only go up to a certain interest point. 
I, I really think it's you've made a great point. Uh, for the real estate agents out there, you should be in contact with your loan officers that got the approval. Mm-hmm. And as interest rates are going up, guess what? It's going to impact purchasing power. Mm-hmm. And you might find out that, hey, we had a, a search set up for 400 that now needs to be scaled back to 375. And that's really a conversation that the agent and the loan officer should be having with the consumer. And they should be doing it as as this client is continuing the process right. of looking at homes. Otherwise, you're, you're, the client is set up for for disaster. Disappointment. Disappointment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, you don't want your, your search to be all the way up to your 100% max. You have to you have to factor in that most likely the house is going to go over right. what your search is, and then you've also got to factor in your available cash so that you're you're not topping over the apple cart. You've right. got to be conservative in that re- regard, and your agent needs to understand your financial picture just as much as your loan officer, so that they're not making an accidental mistake right. because they don't know what your cash position is so if you've got questions about real estate and mortgage we encourage you to message us during the week you can email mimi at mnredhotrealestate.com and you can reach me at 651-238-6748 right and we will see you guys next week i know there's so much more that we can talk about regarding how you can save money on real estate and mortgages so i know that we're going to dip in here too again and we really appreciate all of our listeners that give us a call it makes the show so much more fun for us and thank you very much fun 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 So make sure you listen to us again next week. We'll see you then. You can always hear this episode and previous episodes. Go to mytalk1071.com, keyword red hot.